0: And welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Leji, and uh, I'm so excited you're joining me today. If you're new to the podcast and this is your first time tuning in, don't worry. I'm going to give you a little overview of what this podcast is all about. And if you're just jumping back in and it's been a while since you tuned into the series, don't worry, I'll catch you up too. So this podcast is sponsored by the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. And uh, that is an organization that is dedicated to helping, guiding, and providing resources for Baptist churches in the Pennsylvania and South Jersey region. So this handy-dandy podcast was then created to kind of keep track of some of the awesome transformative work that God's been doing within the BRN and the churches involved with it. So, since the BRN just celebrated 50 years, we are doing 50 stories of transformation yes that means you get 50 articles and 50 podcasts talking about all the awesome work that god is doing in the pennsylvania and south jersey area so super cool stuff that's what this podcast is all about what it's dedicated to and uh, that's what you're getting yourself into today and i thank you for doing so so uh, whether it's your first time checking it out or your faithful listener thanks for coming on back and thanks for clicking and giving this podcast a listen So for this week's story, we are on story number 23, and uh, we're going to be joined with Miss Laura Collins. Now, uh, she's a current member of Great Commission Church in Philadelphia, and she's an active overseer of some of the compassion ministries that the church is involved in. So being the awesome gal that she is, Laura's going to give us a little bit of insight into what compassion ministries are as well as her story of how she got involved with them and how God has just changed her life and transformed her heart through serving others. So exciting stuff. I'm super excited to talk to Laura and just hear her heart for Compassion Ministries. And uh, I don't want to hold you guys up. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into our conversation with Laura Collins. This is story number 23. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. And um, I'm so excited to have you here and just get to know you a little bit more and your heart behind Compassion Ministries and just all the awesome stuff that God's doing in your life. Super exciting stuff. But before we dive into that deeper conversation, I do want to start by just getting to know you a little bit better. So, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners, um, how did you come to Christ? When did you become a follower of Jesus Christ? And uh, when did you start going to Great Commission Church in Philadelphia?
1: Okay. So I am, <laughs> as you know, Laura Collins. Um, I am married with two children. Uh, my husband and I have two children together. And also I have two children that my husband had before. Um, one was murdered in Philadelphia about a, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a yes. But God oh is, still, God is amazing. Even in that, God shows his hand of mercy and love. So, um, I'll get into that about my husband doing prison ministry down the line, but that offsets all that. Um, also I have a daughter who's in grad school right now, um, in Philadelphia and, um, we've been married, it'll be August 34 years. We've been together 40 years. So
0: that's awesome. Congratulations. Anniversary coming up.
1: Thank you. I retired, um, almost two years ago. I decided about five years ago. That I was going to be a mission, um, do missions for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. That I was going to serve Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and sh- mm-hmm. and and um, share with as many people as I can about God, who He is, and how He is. So it started like the last two years before I worked. I worked 35 years at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two years, I said I want to, uh, uh, I want to uh, encourage. I want to pray with and I want to lead to Christ as many people as possible. So Mm -hmm. that last year, I just got really serious with it. So every opportunity, whether it was customers or employees, uh, people would be waiting for me when I came to work. I would just do that. So, um, you know, so that's where my story starts. (laughs) Okay,
0: where did you work at? What was your job before?
1: So I worked at Acme Markets for 35 years, okay. and I was customer service and other things. So I did a little bit of everything there.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure, and um, I'm sure you got to meet and just talk with a lot of people. Yes. That position.
1: Yes, amazing.
0: Well, great. So, um, what? When did you kind of did you recently become a Christ follower, or has that been a part of your life for a long time?
1: So when I was a kid, my mother always sent us to church mm-hmm. and my father, I thought I was a follower of Christ. I didn't know that because I never accepted Jesus. I thought, because you go to church, you're a Christian, so yeah. I automatically, <laughs> for a very long time, I went um, to church until I'm probably about 12, 13, and I faded out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I <laughs> accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior about in two. 2002 i was at a funeral because i like i said i thought i was a christian i just yeah. thought because i said i'm a christian i'm a christian so about 2002 i uh went to a funeral and i and the and the pastor did the altar call um to, to to repeat um the so i accepted jesus christ and from that point i never told anybody i accepted jesus christ so every time i went to a funeral i repeated it again and repeated again and <laughs> Because I wasn't sure what to do with it. Like I was kind of confused. So, you know. <laughs> but then I um, as God was wooing me, I didn't even realize he was wooing me and he was transitioning, trans just changing my life at that time. Um, we started going to a local church in Delaware County, Philadelphia. I mean, Delaware County outside of Philadelphia. Um, at that time, I knew we were in the process of moving. But I still never told anybody I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So we moved to Abington in Montgomery County, and uh, I knew we had to get to a church. And I didn't want to show up on Easter, so I wanted to show up like in February. So around 2004, we uh, I went through the yellow pages because back then they had yellow pages. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we went through, and I was <laughs> looking for churches. So we ended up going to. Uh, it was called uh, Abington Presbyterian Church. And um, at that time, it was an older church. It was a really amazing, good church. But um, they were older people. There was only one child in there. And we mm-hmm. went there. But as we were leaving, I didn't know that they were sharing a church. And uh, the one of the founders of the church, Meg, said, come back, <laughs> you know, come on. You would love it because it was a, ch- it was a younger church. It was vibrant. Okay. She was like, come. And I knew at that time I could not have my kids come do two services. So we came back the next week and we've been there since.
0: Okay. Very cool. And that is what is known as great commission church, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Awesome.
0: So how many years is that? You just give us a little, it's little
1: before 18. It's about 17, almost okay. going on 18 years now. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Yes. And have you always been in the Philly area? You said you guys were moving, so. No,
1: we, we started in the suburbs, but our pastor, Pastor Larry Anderson and Pastor Kyle Canning, they had a vision for the city. They had the hearts mm-hmm. for the city because most of the people in the suburbs actually came from the city. And at that time, the crime rate was really high just like it is now. And the pastors and um, all of us were studying the word of God and we were praying and seeking God of how we could be effective and how we could be better. And we took a a vote and everybody voted yes to go back into the city. And we searched for a building and we moved into um, West Oakland, um, Philadelphia in 2007. We moved
0: there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, Larry Anderson is awesome. I've I've already interviewed him and had conversations <laughs> with him. Oh my gosh. Mit him and Buff McNichol in a room together. Oh, they're fun. They're so much fun. Yes. <laughs> so now let me know like where you're at and a little bit of your backstory. Um we can go ahead and we'll dive into, you know, how you got involved with compassion ministries. So um let's start with a quick definition. If you could just tell our listeners, you know, what is compassion ministries?
1: Compassion Ministries to me is meeting people where they're at. It's just like Jesus went among the people and he loved on them where they are. He listened to them. He loved on them. He didn't judge them. He cared about his people. So that's how I see Compassion Ministries today.
0: Okay. And what does that usually entail? Like, is that meeting physical needs, spiritual, emotional, or just all of it?
1: All of it. Because you one goes hand in hand. I mean, you can bring them in with the physical, but just you need the spiritual. So you need to be able to have a listening ear. And Jesus was, I just loved how he walked among the people. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't come in here like I'm better than you. He listened. He loved on them. He had kindness. He had love, compassion, and that you have to bring it all together.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so how did you first get involved? When did you first feel God, like tugging at your heart for Compassion Ministries?
1: <laughs> well, I got involved in two different ministries. So I got involved in the women's ministry, which we were, um, at that time, we have a shelter that is a men's and women's shelter in West Oak Lane. So we actually partner with them. The women partner with the women and the children and the men partnered with the men and we went in and we offered them just not spiritual food but physical food we 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 did all kinds of different activities with the um, them arts and crafts and loved on them and also we had a praying um ministry at that time and we used to go throughout the neighborhood of west Oak lane and we would pray on each corner and i can't even tell you how many times people joined in with us jumped out their cars you know, and said, I need prayer and, and grabbed hands with us and prayed. So we were going through corners, even corners where people have been shot, things were happening, drug corners. We seen change. We seen God moving in that as we did that.
0: That is so cool. So uh, I love that you mentioned that, you know, like compassion ministries, a lot of people, I feel like think about compassion ministries as like, you know, your food bank, Um, a clothing drive, really like meeting those physical needs. But like you guys were out there on corners praying and just going Mm -hmm. through neighborhood and praying. So can you, can you speak to how that is also Compassion Ministries?
1: Well, it's it's so important to know that a lot of times we drive by people and we look at them and say, oh, that's such a shame and stuff like that. But have you ever took the time to get out the car and just Mm -hmm. say, hi, how can I pray for you? How are you doing today? You know, um, just showing compassion. Like it—it's it, it, crazy. It's funny because it's not funny and it's crazy because when we moved into the neighborhood at the church where we moved at in 2007, we had a drug corner at the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Innocent, Pastor Candy got to know the gentleman. They—they they transitioned that area through love and compassion and meeting the people where they were. Before you know it, the drug corner was gone. You know, wow. so when you get to know the people that you're praying for and and I, I like what I learned through um, the pastoring that we have is it's hard to hate who you're praying for. So mm-hmm. taking the time to pray for people that you don't know or don't understand and all of a sudden you can't hate them. You learn to love and, and want to help them.
0: Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. because <laughs> like, there's so many times where, you know, you, you, just, you might be upset with someone or forgiveness is coming. Yes. hard and but mm-hmm. you know the moment you start praying and start lifting yes. your name to God it it comes a little bit more personal it's a little <laughs> bit harder to you know behave yes
1: yes. yes that's so, so true I had an incident can I share yesterday absolutely. I was um, I my sister I took my sister food shopping yesterday and my sister has some health conditions and we were out for hours and she was in the supermarket and I was always pray for opportunities God what are you showing me what are you teaching me? What do you want me to know? Who do you want me to pray for? So as people go by, I'm sitting in the car. I'm praying for so it was this homeless guy in front of the um in front of the supermarket and I was just like so I started looking for my tracks. You know, I'm looking for something to encourage him, but I said when my sister comes, I'm going to run in there and give him some food and I'm going to encourage him. And I so I took my phone and closed up and I seen that man open his Bible. Now here it is, we judge people that they don't know who God is. He opened up his Bible in his despair and his moment that most people would look down at him. He was praying. So the next thing I see him get up, I said, okay, when well, my sister comes, I'm gonna run in, get him some food and talk to him and see how mm-hmm. I can pray for him. But at the same time I was praying, God already touched the hearts of someone else. So when I went in there to get ready to get him food and stuff, someone already did it. Like someone already heart, Just God touched their heart, and he was Mm -hmm. just so happy. I didn't even want to bother him, but just the fact that I had an opportunity to pray for two hours while I sat in that car praying for that man's Mm -hmm. heart and praying
0: for someone to bless him, God did that. (laughs) Talk about, like, instant prayer answered. Yes! (laughs) That's awesome. That is so cool. And it's so, like... I feel like the more that you like you pray about those things, and more you're like, "All right, God, I'm leaning on you, and it's up to yeah. you." And He just like, "Bam, i of nowhere." Bam, bam. bam. <laughs> just like, you're like, God, you're like, the McDonald or like the Chick Fil A of like answering prayers, just like super quick. Um, he does. You see it, he does. and oh, well, he's always, yeah, and he's always doing it. But it, it seems like you know, like when we actually invest in that prayer, mm-hmm. we finally see how quickly He's doing it.
1: And we see change in us happens too. Mm. So, so we're not being as judgmental as, oh, look at him or, oh, Mm -hmm. look at her or this and that, instead of, you know, talking about the person walking with their pants down, why not pray for them? Why not mentor them? Why not talk to them? Why not encourage them? Why not find out why they're doing what they're doing or someone, whatever the story is of somebody, we are so judgmental instead of taking the time to find out what is their story.
0: Mm. What is their story? Absolutely. All right, so that's a perfect transition into my next question. So, how has serving others and doing these compassion ministries and just how has how has God changed and transformed your life through that?
1: Wow. How has he not changed my life? For well, one thing, I was that person that was judgmental and I was that person. I was always a compassionate person, but I was compassionate to what I wanted to be compassionate about. But Ooh, now that's good.
0: That is really good. <laughs> I, bet, I hope our listeners are ready to feel convicted because that is good.
1: Yeah, to what is my cause? And my husband had to bring that to, um, to me. My husband, amazing thing is me and my husband serve side by side. It's nothing better than serving side by side with your husband. And that God would give me a mate that would honor and love God as much. But when my husband came from a total different life, I came a little bougie, they say I am. And my husband came from a tougher life. So my husband has taught me to love the unlovable. Like my husband's the type that would jump out the car. And I'm like, oh my God, why would you be (laughs) like, you know? So he's taught me to love the unlovable. So in that, I have learned to love. I have learned to pray. I have learned to just be compassionate. I've learned to be a better listener. through these ministries, like to just take the time to hear someone's story and find out that a lot of times you're the same, have some of the same things you like (laughs) and, and believe in, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So that's really cool how, you know, God used one of his people, your husband, to kind of help you see through that lens. Do you think, or is there an instance where, you know, now that you're, you're in this serving role, overseeing some of these ministries, where you feel like you've done that for someone else
1: yes, i have um we we have um we run a well we have run a quite a bit of ministries that um are uh, uh, compassionate ministries at our church um uh, from going too soon to uh um just different ministries um but I have seen people's lives change we um at our pantry we just don't have a pantry it's just not about uh, the fact that we give food, physical food, we give spiritual food. So I think it's so important to learn people's names. I think it's so learn to learn who they are, like learn their story, to learn their children's names, to learn. So in this, our our uh, pantry, we also have a prayer tent. So sometimes now we have people that go straight to the prayer tent. We give out Bibles. We have, um, we have seen quite a few people, hearts that were so heartened, from Christ, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it wasn't because we were beating down Christ. We learned to love like Christ. So learning to love by Christ, by, hey, how you do? Th-? We throw barbecues once a month now, not just for <laughs> we throw it for the People that come to pick like uh, Saturday, we're going to have a barbecue. So we're going to have some uh, chicken and hamburgers and hot dogs. So we learn to make them our family. So I've seen hearts and minds of people like, ugh, don't talk about God. Come to me and say, how can I learn about that God? So I'm just amazed at what God can do.
0: <laughs> wow. That has to be such, such like an awesome, like humbling, yet really encouraging moment when that happens.
1: Yes. Yes. Amazing. It's it's amazing because a lot of times like I said we prejudge it. Oh, they'll never change. But you don't know what God is doing in their hearts. So just continue to love on them. Meeting them where they are. Just listening to people. You know, people are going through so much right now. So they just need someone that shows that they care and show compassion. And compassion doesn't cost anything. To say hi to somebody, even with the mask, you can smile where people can fate sense your or your body language. Like, hi, I've waved to people, I've taught my children. <laughs> they they will tell you drove crazy coming up. Just say hi to everybody. Hold the door open. It doesn't cost nothing for kindness. Mm. Doesn't cost anything.
0: So true. So true. And so how so you are overseeing A couple of the compassion ministries going on at Great Commission Church, correct?
1: Well, I oversee the pantry, but I'm connected to many other ministries at the church. So the pantry is the one, I mean, I'm in deacon ministry. I'm in quite a different things that I connect to, but I don't oversee any of those other ones anymore. I mean, there's different times that I have, but right now that is my uh, biggest thing, that and being a deaconess at our church and just being a, a follower of Christ.
0: Okay. Very Cool. And um, how have you, I guess, since you have been at Great Commission Church and then, you know, kind of taking on a more of a leadership role and you say you're, doing, you're becoming or you are a deaconess too, how have you seen God kind of just transform those ministries at that church and in the
1: community? Wow. Yeah, I have seen a lot because. Like I said, when you learn to pray for the people that you are um, wanting to witness to and stuff like that, you start seeing transformation because God, God already knows whose hearts are going to change. He already knows what's going to do. I mean, I like we when we first started the pantry, um, we had a relationship with the neighbors. But, you know, when you take people's parking spaces every week. They feel some kind of ways about you. You know what I mean? You come in and you leave out. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing um, different activities for years, Mm -hmm. for years. As of right now, we have fed over 7,000 meals that went out. Over 7,000 meals have went out into the community. And just that, that, I have people that call my husband, all of us up hey how you doing are y'all open today Mm -hmm. it's church and we have seen people now come into the service every week Mm -hmm. someone from the pantry comes out and then like we say they're family now they're not some and and also like when we do their bags and stuff we don't throw their stuff in there we make their bags in love so you know even we'll put notes in their thing telling them that we're praying for them so I have seen people's lives just I don't even remember what the question was (laughs) see transformation in so many different ways and but our neighborhood the fact that now our neighbors like they invite us to the block party now <laughs> you know like they they're happy to see us and when we come mm-hmm. on the block they're waving i know their names like i could call them by their first name i know their children and just not me most of us do now so it's just amazing seeing that transformation
0: that's awesome and how do you think too how has that kind of changed or shaped the culture of the church too of just you know have you seen them just grow in understanding oh, compassion?
1: yeah oh yeah definitely because now they're just not the neighbor they're Pam they're Mary you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not just the boy on the corner they have John you know they have all have a name now now you know their children's names now you know you're you're no like for instance we had uh we were having service a couple about the last month, and uh, one of the ladies on the block—I forgot her name. Forgive me for forgetting. I think it was Patricia. I'm not sure, but she was having a block party for her daughter, and she knew the block was going to be blocked off. But she came to the pantry, and she didn't come for food. She went straight to the prayer tent, and she she had let some other issues out going on, but she also came to tell us. I don't want y'all to be inconvenienced because I know the good thing that y'all are doing in the neighborhood. And I want y'all to know so you won't come and find the block blocked off and offer us to come and join the block party. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so, where it was the, a point where we might have had the block party
0: and they joined in us. Now they're having it and they're asking us
1: to join it because they feel like family now.
0: Oh, that's so cool that's like, I mean, that's it. You know, you said earlier about Jesus just walked among the people and, and what's with them. And you're like, now that's happening, you know, with your church and with you and your family, just knowing those people and just being in relationship with them.
1: Yes. So true. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so cool how God just forms those relationships.
1: Yes, he does. If we allow Him to, mm-hmm. if we allow Him to, I mean, we learned, um, we call it, um, We call it um, faithful, available, and teachable. And I've learned that through our pastors. And I'm quite sure quite a few people learned that through different churches. We call it fat. And are you faithful? Are you available? And are you teachable? And and when I first heard the word fat, I was like, that's kind of whatever. But when you think about it, are you faithful, available, and teachable? And once you become faithful, available, and teachable, Jesus can just open up, Mm -hmm. just do some amazing things in your life and the lives of other people that you're willing to touch and and be a part of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's so cool that you brought that up because this (laughs) summer I'm learning from the campus ministers, I'm living with Johnny and Kathy Pons, how to be a fat girl. And (laughs) I tell you right now, all the girls listening, any woman listening, you want to be a fat girl because you're faithful, available, Available and teachable. teachable. It sounds a little odd at first. but Yeah, it does, but it's huge
1: because I remember going through a, a point in my life where I wasn't that mm. I didn't want to be told nothing. I thought I knew it all, but I mean, God just did some new things in my life. Mm. And when he, when I got it, I was just like, wow. <laughs> you know. So I, I I tell everybody, I challenge you to be fat. I challenge you to be faithful, available and teachable mm. and watch Jesus, watch God do some new things in your ministries, your lives your marriage, your relationship with your kids, just everything. I mean, like, just, whoo, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean, you think about it, faithful, available, teachable. I mean, that probably goes hand in hand with Compassion Ministries.
1: Yes, it does. 100%. Because, I mean, Jesus walked among them. When you think about that, he didn't just point his finger and say, you, this, this he listened, he walked among the tax um, tax collectors, the price. I mean, he walked among the lowest people. And like, sometimes we can be so judgmental, you know, for whatever reason. But when you start walking among the people like Jesus and having that compassion and that love for the people, it's hard to hate people that you're praying for. So, you know, whatever you might've felt, whether it's, your neighbor is parking in your spot or something. Start praying for that neighbor. Watch God give you the opportunity. I love for people to park in my, because I don't have a spot, but in my mind, I love it because I look at it as an opportunity to share my faith. So I look for opportunities where we live. And I look at it as everything is a, is a, um, I say, it's a mission field. So everywhere I go, whether I go on vacation, whether I go to the store, I say, who do you want me to talk to today? Who do you want me to incur? What, who do you want me to listen to? What are you teaching me? Like, Lord, what am I going to learn today? Or who can I encourage? So it could be the cashier in the store, it could be the bagger, it could be someone in line. I mean, I just listen. I intentionally, at one time, I used to go in the store and I had earphones on, not to hear nobody, to drown everybody up. But Lord told me, Take them out. How are you going to hear my people? How are you going to hear when I am speaking and I need you to? that might be the only chance that person gets to hear about me. So I will intentionally get in on those conversations and listen and, you know, and just take it from that, you know, from the Holy spirit leading me. And it's amazing.
0: (laughs) It is. It really, really is. Well, if you don't mind, I want to go back to something you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, You said about your husband had two children uh, before yeah. you guys were married, and yeah. one of them was murdered yes. recently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, um, and I retired on September the 5th, and he was murdered on the 8th, mm. so yes,
0: yes. First, I'm i I'm so sorry for you guys' loss, because, mm.
1: Thank you.
0: I mean, there's nothing that will be able to fill that, even as years come and time comes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just be praying for you guys, you know, including you. God in that. But I got to ask, you, with you being so involved and having that God's giving you such a heart for compassion, mean mm-hmm. compassion towards others. How, I mean, how did you apply that to that situation? Well, in many ways.
1: One thing, my timing of, of retirement was God's timing because I had three, four different dates. And only God could plan, knowing that I would need to be there for my husband with compassion. Okay, my husband. You know, my husband is a man of compassion, and he's taught me so many things. But I needed to be there. So how I apply it is being able to teach other people. Even though you can go through those storms and difficult times, that God can still be there for you. He will get you through it. He will send people to. And if it wasn't for our church family, the love that they loved on us, and I I tell people, some people say, "Why do you, you know, go to church?" Well, I'm gonna need to do the church because. The body will hold you up in the most horrible times in your life. And and it was, it was a devastating time, but at the same point, God has, my husband runs, helps, not runs, but he runs and he uh, works in the um, prison ministry. And that, my stepson was in and out, dealing with some difficulties, and it taught him how to have even more compassion, how to love on people that nobody else was just, you know, consider, oh, whatever. So, I mean, in this, we have learned to love so many different people through this process. And I tell everybody, open your eyes and your heart. You never know what God is doing, even in your difficulty, even in your valleys, that you can still have compassion and love for others, you know, because God already knew this was going to happen. This is nothing new to him. So he already lines up the right people, the right things to get us through. And I just can't, I just am so grateful to have a family of a church family and God to love us in our difficult times.
0: Mm, Wow, that's so awesome. And I'm sure that that has just you know god knew he was going to use that just to help form your heart for compassion ministries and like here you are helping with your church and retired <laughs> and enjoying being on mission and that is living for
1: jesus so awesome <laughs> so awesome. walking <laughs> in his glory mm-hmm. just praising his people and i tell people people are like why would you retire so young like and i'm like okay what's young <laughs> okay I was 54 and God chose me to go out and share his, his love and compassion. And my, I, I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to see more people come to know who he is, the love that he showers us through. So if I want to go all in part, also, I'm, I'm not sure if I said I'm part of disaster relief through Southern Baptist. So I uh-huh. love, yes. And so I love travel, but God brought it here to us with all the, you know, everything going through COVID. And he has blessed us to be able to pour into so many people's lives. So it's amazing. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all thank that you, you have with us today. It's such a joy to talk to you thank and you. Just get to know more about you and what God's doing in your life. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to talk about, or anything else you want to share? Um,
1: just thankful to my husband. <laughs> Because what, like I said, what's amazing is I'm thankful to my pastors, even when I was in a dark place that they didn't give up on me. Mm -hmm. And that, that's huge that, you know, even in your valleys of your darkness, and I'm not talking about the death of myself, but I, you know, I, I'm a woman, I went through, you know, menopause stages and I just went through some tough times Mm -hmm. and they just kept on feeding me and kept on pouring into me and didn't give up on me. So that is huge. And then to have a husband that ride or dies with you in Jesus is nothing like it. I mean, you know, you have your disagreements in any marriage, but the fact that my husband, we walk side by side in each ministry, every single ministry together is amazing to, to, to I just can't even explain, words can't even express my uh, gratitude to God to give me a mm. husband that has taught me and I have taught him together and we're working together one accord for jesus
0: mm, that's beautiful that's awesome all right so any young girls who are like i don't know what to look for in a man we're sending them to laura laura knows <laughs> her and it up, is true. Her.
1: opposites do attract so look at us now look you know We <laughs> came from two different lives and god can't have one purpose for us both to walk in and and giving him glory so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome so cool <laughs> Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. Have
1: a blessed day. And everybody, don't give up. Whatever you're going through, keep, just take it to Jesus. You know, hand your burdens over him. There's nothing, nothing in your life that can be too hard that God can't fix.
0: Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week, but Laura, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and just hear your heart behind Compassion Ministries and how God has just really used you to serve others and how he's transformed your heart through that. So thank you again for coming on and just sharing all of the awesome work that God has done in your life and in your church with us. If you would like to know more about the compassion ministries that Great Commission Church is doing and uh, if you just want to know more about that church that Laura is a part of, you can head online to greatcommissionchurchonline.com and check out, you know, the compassion ministries they're doing, other missions that they're involved with, and of course you can check out their Sunday service. So again, all of that is available to you online at greatcommissionchurchonline.com. And once you're done checking out their website, you can head on over to the Baptist Resource Network's website. That is www.brnunited.org. And uh, there you can check out, you know, all the news that's going on in the BRN, as well as all of the other transformation stories that we've done up to this point. So this week was story number 23. So that means there are 22 other articles and podcasts just waiting for you to enjoy. So you can check that all out online again at www.brnunited.org and hey if you prefer not to listen to the podcast on the BRN's website i have some other options for you so our podcast is also available on spotify apple podcast anchor podcast breaker Pocket Cast, google podcast pretty much every podcasting platform that you could choose or find out there um it is available there for you to listen so Pick your favorite one and uh, when you hop on to it, go ahead and type in BRN 50 Stories of Transformation and all of the stories, well, all of the podcast will come up for you to enjoy. So, if that's easier for you and easier for you to share with your friends and family, please give it a listen there too. Um, we have them there for you to enjoy and for your convenience. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation new listeners, thanks for checking it out, and I hope you, uh, come on back. I will have another story ready for you come next week, so next Thursday, keep your eyes out for that, but until then, have a wonderful week, everyone.